shooter. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And yeah, we go mace, there go your cutie. In a generation that makes it tougher for millennials, and I don't want to be a millennial with a chip on my shoulder, but you know, you look at um, the cost of living for basic stuff like housing um, and transportation and education, and it's gone up like a bazillion percent while earnings have only gone up, you know, a little bit. And so it's like, okay, now we make less and have to spend way more to have the same lifestyle that our parents had. And it's like, maybe that's a question about, well, do you need that lifestyle? Maybe, but I don't know about you. I want my kids to have a better life than I, well, you talked about that last week, right? And it's like, it's harder to do that. dream, isn't it? Exactly. Is, and it's harder is, to do that as a millennial. But isn't that what everyone tries to do is... Make a better life want, for their kids. Exactly, right? And you want to leave... Yep. Mm, I don't know that I necessarily hold by the idea that like, we want to leave the earth in a better state that than what we got it as because we definitely just been a, straight up destroying it but <laughs> i i feel like the burn baby burn kind of fella <laughs> <laughs> especially in canada where we're so resource rich and like that's just that's our entire economy but mm-hmm. no it, it's very true though we do always try to progress you know there's a bill bill gates quote um that says what was it? He said, it's not your fault if you're born into the world poor. It is your fault if you leave it poor. Interesting. Almost like it's on you to go and make that fortune if that's what you're chasing after. You know? Yeah. And I think that's fair-ish. I think maybe a fortune. Not everybody's meant to make a fortune. No, a little no, bit of I mean, maybe, lightning strike. But I mean, to leave with more than you came in with. I absolutely. Agree. And, yeah. and I think, you know, it's funny. I was just listening to uh, Mr. Joe Rogan had uh, Bernie Sanders on today. Oh, no way. So I, was I got to listen to that. That's going to be good. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's pretty short. It's only like an hour long. Uh, people, That's good. If you want to listen perfect. to it, just YouTube it and you can, you can listen to it there. But um, they, were, they were talking about, you know, bringing up minimum wage to like, he wants to bring it up to like $15 an hour and talking about this divide between the rich and the poor and you know it it just gets me kind of thinking because it's like i have such a i guess a capitalistic mindset where yeah, it's like i'm with you if you want to make money go out and make money i don't want to hear your excuses about why you're still broke i don't mm-hmm. want to hear your excuses to why you only work minimum wage jobs yeah maybe life has handed you kind of a crappy crappy hand but you you gotta you gotta do with it what you can you know and i think we live in a society especially in north america um that is so equipped with opportunities whether it be continuing education um your first time around with education um it it doesn't matter what situation you come out of you have the opportunity to better your situation it's it's entirely up to you and right. i just i i mean i always use the example of my brother who does quite well for himself financially now but was doing the exact same job in a different uh 
in a different environment for like minimum wage. Yeah, he went to the right market and and went to the right market and guess what? They needed him and he's excelled there. He's moved up within positions to more of a management level position now. Um, and they see a lot of promise in him for the future as well. And so it's like, you know, he's a guy who just happened, you know, he got a little lucky. He got a good break from a friend and yeah, you're always going to need those, like that luck and those breaks, uh, from people, you know, and just, you know, opportunity when, when it just happens to meet your life situation. Um, but at the same time, it's like, he didn't go, mm, you know what? I don't feel like moving. You know, this is a, this is going to make me nervous. You know what? I'm too comfortable exactly where I am. No, he was like, screw it. What do I have to lose? So he went. Yeah, and that's true. He's capitalized. And he moved it. arguably from like Williams Lake is aesthetically much nicer than Fort McMurray likely. Um, but took that, took that hit to say, you know what I want to, I would, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm going to move for the opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think that's the attitude you need to have. Like that attitude of like, you know what? I got to work. I got to work my ass off. I've got to grind to get what I want, figure out what I value, what's important to me and make it happen for myself. Cause you can't expect someone else to do it for you. Cause I mean, it might work out. Someone else does it for you, but don't count on that. But at the same time, I think, you know, we have to work to, to make sure that society does provide those opportunities for those who are willing to work for it, that it's an equal, a relatively equal playing field where, you know, those who are smart and work hard can come to the top, do have opportunities, and not just those who have access to resources to begin with. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think that's, it's one of those things that's tough because I wouldn't, it's, um, I, I would work hard and the policy and, and governance side to say, listen, how do we build a, a fair society? We're seeing more inequality and people need to have better opportunities. But if I had kids, I would never tell them to worry about the inequality. I would always say, you got to bust your ass and work hard. Just like you said, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I want, I would never want a person I love to have that mindset, but I would also work to make sure it's fair the other way too. Yep. So yeah, no, that's pretty interesting. It's funny you bring that up. I know you may be going a different way with this, but I was in, um, I thought about this over this weekend. I was in BC all weekend. I was in Nanaimo. We were at a family reunion. It was great. And this has nothing to do with that family reunion. I was noticing that the cost of living in BC is quite a bit higher than... Well, I'm, in, I'm in, on the island, lower mainland, obviously. Yep. Quite a bit higher than in pretty much all of Alberta, most of Alberta, especially if you go apples to apples, like size of a municipality, like a city in, in like Nanaimo compared to Alberta. Only 30,000 more people, definitely higher cost of living. They've got PST out there. Mm -hmm. um gas is close to 30 Oof. cents a liter more expensive it'll hurt you. um i don't know what income taxes are like but they've got um i don't know it just seems like See, it's much more expensive to live out there that's one area where bc is actually beating alberta is the tax rates. with what it's cheaper for income tax income tax yeah your first like 40 grand or whatever is only at like two and a half percent and then it oh. gradually climbs up provincially not federally and provincially. Yeah, federally. But, yeah. yeah, but it climbs up from two and a half, or maybe it's on your first 15 grand, sorry. And then it gradually climbs up to like five and then seven and a half. And then it gets up there and I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this because I don't actually pay attention close enough. 
I mean, I have software that does this stuff for me, guys. Let's be real. But uh, uh, I said like, you were doing taxes in BC like a I, week ago. So <laughs> I, I like Alberta where it's like real flat, you know, flat flat taxes yeah. too. Um, 10, 10, 10, 12? Yeah, uh, it go, gets up to twelve, but it it climbs at a far more gradual level in BC than it does in Alberta. Where Alberta, you just start at ten, and you don't get out of that ten bracket until you're making like. What is it, 150k know, like or something like that? Like, it's... Absolute, but it's high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but you are right. No, it, that's fair. It is, this a, is gonna maybe. No, it, you're right though. It is a higher cost of living, especially in those more populated areas of, you know, the the lower mainland, the island, Kelowna, the Okanagan, that area. But they're more desirable places. Desirable to live. places to live. That's the thing, sure. man. When it's more but desirable. It's just one of those. One of those things, and this may be moot because of the tax differences, but I feel like it's interesting because BC or British Columbia would be considered, I think, more more left leaning than Alberta. More oh, 100%. social programs, more mm-hmm. more you know, we have to work on equality. Well, Alberta's more like free market economy, but BC's only got a thirteen dollar eighty five minimum wage. Alberta's I think at fifteen. And it's like, okay. So here's the situation. I'm looking, I'll be honest with you, we loved it out there. We had a great time. I'm looking at jobs in BC. I'm looking at what the wages are. And I'm like, okay, similar jobs in BC, even for Brittany, I think, are paying a little bit less. And she's a government employee. She works yeah. for Alberta Health Services. She works for Vancouver. I don't know how the health regions work. She'd work for the government in BC. And it's like, okay, so their wage is a little bit less. Um, I looked at some comparable jobs for what I do right now. Um, and I thought it was a little bit less. And that's what I've heard about BC in general is that generally wages are a little bit less. But it's like, so now we have a place that is purporting to have, um, you know, more socialist ideas. I shouldn't say socialist because it's not that far. But you know what I mean? More social programs, more like government intervention to help that. But wages are lower for basic, for, for you know, basic middle, yeah. middle class jobs that we have. And minimum wage is lower. We come to Alberta, cost of living is lower, wages are higher. And there's less government involvement, and it's like, I don't, you know you what I mean? Like, Alberta, what's the, bro? I'm sorry. Listen, I know, I know. I get it's it. Just, all it's the just, I thought it would be the other way. I Alberta's thought it would be the other way. I thought they'd be like, uh, okay, yeah, it sucks, but you have to have a better job. No. But you get paid more to live in BC. It's just it's like you get paid bro. less, and it's a higher cost of living because there's a desire like, to live there, man. It's true. It's a lot nicer to look at. The weather's a lot more temperate. It's way more stuff to do outdoorsy stuff or whatever. But it's like, this is, is this the promise of, you know, more socialist policies where, you know, the government's more involved, Look, bro. but then the wages are lower and the cost of living is higher. So that sucks. Part of that too is, you know, I don't know if, I mean, I might be speaking out of turn here, but I've, I've definitely done some, some tax returns for some nurses. You know, they, they do pretty good to you. Um, but the other I'm part just is, saying the hourly I, wage I don't lower. know if they're unionized out in bc oh they've got to be i mean i know that they pay dues and everything to a union no to like the nurses association or whatever but i don't think they're the same as like union dues but that might be wrong i don't know but i do know that like alberta nurses are all unionized so it don't matter where you work if you're doing the same job you get paid the same amount Okay, well, I don't know how so, it all works in BC in terms of that level of detail. The other but. part, too, is like, 
if you want to live there bad enough, you're going to be willing to take less money to live there, possibly. And it's kind I know. of it's, it's the just, double-edged sword that's of a it, huge bro. Shit. That's what I'm. That's what I'm annoyed at, though. It's like I thought this promise was okay. We've got more government intervention. That means I'm going to be able to. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's like okay, yeah. now I make less money, and you take more money. Like yeah. what the what the heck is that about? <laughs> hey, bro. That's garbage. I don't know. I don't want to come across as a dirty capitalist, but it's like, can you just tax me less? Oh, at least you want to live on the ocean? Because but I'm making less. A ton of more money. Get real. Come on now. Oh, even Kelowna, even in the interior, Ooh. it's just like, why would you? Hang on. I don't know. It oh. just felt. I felt like. Don't ever use the words Kelowna and interior ever again together. All right. Does that not count as the interior? I'm. I'm it's from two the hours, interior, three hours bro. from the coast, isn't it? I'm from the interior. Okay, Kelowna, those snobby, snooty Okanagan folk. All right, I can't oh, have those being made it into a associated a with the interior. Right? No, you know what? Far east, we don't care. But <laughs> that's exactly right. But no, you are right though. It, but again, it comes down to desire. You know, you want to live in a more desirable place. Guess what? The cost of living goes up immensely. You know, the cost of housing. And the government takes more of your money. Yeah, That's the absolutely. thing that bothers me. You know I get what? the cost of living's higher, but it's wild that the government pays you less and taxes you more. Well, I don't know that taxes are higher, T. Again, we just kind of established You're right. This with, the income tax, I, with the income tax, maybe not. But I, I mean, think it works consumption right. taxes are higher. But yes, the other part of it, too, is you have to remember the resources that you have available or that... Alberta has made its money off of are far more desirable within the world than the ones that BC has coming out of the ground. You know, so yes, there's gold and copper, but more often than not, it's trees and trees just don't move in the market the same way that oil and gas does. Unfortunately, you also mm. had a very competent, very, very competent premier who actually cared about people and not just about the political world in What's his name? Rich Klein? No, not Rich. Oh, Klein. Ralph. Ralph Klein. I'm, ah, I'm surprised to hear someone from BC called Ralph Klein a competent leader. I, that's I think hilarious. he was. I think that's why he's treated like he's like God status within Alberta. Let's be real. A lot nobody, of Albertans. Really nobody enjoy. says a bad thing about Ralph Klein. All right. I would say some bad things. Okay, I mean, maybe you would. Rest but, I mean, you and get, I think most you Albertans are being bucks, honest, bro. You get paid. True. That was huge. Th yeah. That was huge. See, now the thing but is, that was also like. There's no way there was nothing for the government to spend their money on that they could just spend $400 on these person. But like, listen, we I... blew up a hospital in Calgary <laughs> under his watch. Why would you blow up good infrastructure? <laughs> they needed that hospital okay. eventually. But here's the thing. You had guys like Ralph Klein who, you know, I don't know if he's the sole reason you guys don't have a provincial sales tax. But I'd like know. to think that he's probably a, a, a huge help in that. And... The fact is, is that I believe Alberta is probably the only province that doesn't have some sort of either provincial or harmonized tax. Yeah. There's a reason why. Viva Alberta. There's a reason why if you see those demographics or those graph, like the graph of how much money comes out of each province to help the other provinces with their broke ass economies. Alberta is like head and shoulders above everyone. BC, I'm quite positive, is number two. Yeah, they're doing really well. So it's a matter of like those two provinces are trying to help supplement the rest of this crappy 
countries well not crappy country some mm. of these crappy provinces these lazy provinces who aren't getting the job done yeah. themselves within our economy yeah, like I'm Quebec talking, I'm I talking to you Quebec <laughs> I said it that's exactly it so I mean unpopular thing the the reality is though like yeah they I I would say that Alberta is a far more in my opinion I actually like Alberta that's why I moved back here man I enjoy it obviously yeah i love it it's out a good here province. i gotta say though albertans you gotta get off this idea that like banff and the hmm. mountains is the greatest thing since sliced bread okay i get it dude it's that's nice. all we got okay i know that's all but, we like, got let's not make it sound like it's you know a caribbean or south pacific paradise okay Okay. Let's just recognize... I think you're getting mixed up here because people from the from BC are the ones who are always like, "Oh, is is that just your slew you swim in?" <laughs> you know, yeah. they're always like, "Wow, well, listen, I mean, the thing is shitting like... all over Alberta and like, "Oh, did you have a couple trees in the in the distance there?" <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, anyway, make too so... much of the two trees you see in the distance. All I'm saying is whenever I go to BC and it's tough because it's like, "Yeah, this is objectively nicer." But like every time you're I go darn to right BC, it it's like it's like, yeah, I mean, but this is so nice, isn't it? And it's like, yes, okay, it's nice, but I don't need your smug BC, you know, attitude talking to me about how not quite there, to, you know, that's the you attitude know, I hear. But it's funny, it's like it's like older siblings, okay? Clearly BC has the best. Alberta, to try and compensate for that, is rubbing it in Saskatchewan and Manitoba's noses. Apparently, oh, oh yeah, it's actually quite nice. I don't know. I've yeah, never you want to go vacation in there too? Oh, apparently, they do. The Saskatchewans do. But there's like 40 people there, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I be. Mean... I heard it's really, really nice. Like it, it looks like BC. Oh, it's... Brittany's sister lives there. That's what she was saying. She's like, "This is what Northern Hold Saskatchewan's on. like." And I was like, "What?" I'm not buying that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never seen it myself. You could be right. She could be just telling telling me stories. <laughs> yeah i mm, nope not not buying yeah, that unfortunately like, but i mean and i hate sorry saskatchewan listeners I, we probably have a few but i'm not sorry you know, saskatchewan like if i'm going like eight hours to get to northern saskatchewan there's so many other places eight hours away that i'm going before i go to northern saskatchewan it's just the way it is you're darn right i gotta be honest yeah i can get to some sweet places within eight hours not northern saskatchewan oh yeah there's no chance there's no chance no not you could there. be wrong though Maddie. maybe it's really nice who knows? Mm. I mean, I would say I got to see it to believe it, but... You can Google it, I guess. That's exactly it. <laughs> I'll stick to Google images, you know? Oh, yeah. And then There's I'll feel good. like that's I was best. there. But, uh, yeah, man. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's these crazy socialist ideas. I got to listen to Bernie. He's the world's most famous... Uh, well, I should say the most famous American socialist. You know, that's I'm going to listen to that podcast and see what he says, and so... Gonna say what did you want most, to talk about today, though, Matt? I was going to say probably the most famous socialist is unfortunately a man named Hitler, but... I don't know. know if you call him socialist. Dude, he was like part socialist. of the socialist I know. party or whatever. I think, he was a, I think he was a Christian, too, and he was a lot of things, but I don't think anybody wants their name associated with that guy. It's very true. Okay, now here's one of the things I did want to mention. So, hanging out with some friends. Mm, yeah, I'll call them friends. They're about the only people that I'm social with here in this town so far. Co-workers. So guess what? They're friends, whether they like it or not. Let's put it that way. Um, See if they listen to your podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so 
this one guy goes, hey, I'm having an old-fashioned. Do you want one? And I was like, oh, man, this guy's making old-fashions. All right. He comes out just with a glass of whiskey on ice. And I was thinking, I don't know that this guy knows what an old-fashioned is. Until I take a sip. Until I take a sip, T. And it tastes like an old-fashioned. Okay. Is it the Wiser's Old Fashioned? Yeah, man. I was gonna say I didn't even know this stuff existed. Oh, I definitely I, knew about it. I didn't see the I didn't see the orange rind. I didn't see the cherry. I was skeptical if there was any simple syrup in there, but there sure enough, none of that. Wait, what? There's none of that. But yeah, it's I've had it before. It's not bad, you yeah. know, for a quick old fashioned. You buy a bottle, it's cheap. It tastes and pretty you good. You don't have to make anything. You pour it in. It's not bad. Hey. I, you know what? Applause to applause to Wisers, man. They're doing they're doing good work there. I was impressed. Yeah, and you know you can go to Boston Pizza and props to Boston Pizza for owning it. But like, hey, get a Wisers old fashioned, and they charge you a little bit less for it, you know, because oh, it's then, just a pre bottle old right. fashioned. But it's like they owned it and said we're doing this Wisers old fashioned, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely had a few of those when I was first getting into this uh, cocktail making thing. I was like, yeah, let me try this Wisers one, and it's good. Well, she liked then, it, eh? Well, then I had to explain it to them that you and James are big uh, cocktail snobs and make your own. Well, that's the only cocktail I actually make, you know, if I'm being honest. And I so. was explaining to them how you make your own simple syrup and all this sort of stuff. And Hey, you'll know how in a weekend or two. I Don't feel like worry. they were impressed, but also like get the snobbery out of my face sort of thing. Oh, no wait, man. So. An account- I, all I could think of was all the pretension of an <laughs> accountant saying, hey, uh, you want an old-fashioned? Let's yeah. go laugh at the poor people. <laughs> <laughs> as we sit there in our three-piece suits yeah exactly smoking that's a exactly cigarette. what i saw <laughs> yeah no cigar cigar, cigar. No. i just don't know why they don't stop being poor <laughs> Yo, T, can we agree that we need to watch the show mad men i feel like that's what uh, i feel like that's what office culture needs more of minus the belittling of women yeah i was gonna say this the the open misogyny probably yeah this significant racism you know, this is, but you know, like more, more uh, cocktails in the workplace, a little more cigars yeah. in the workplace. I'd be down. Well, there, they were cigarette smokers, not so much cigar oh, that smokers. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, fair cigars enough. Cigars take enough. too long, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not going anywhere all day. I'm there for like eight hours. What do I care? Uh, but you're not going to sit there and <laughs> enjoy the cigar. You're just going to like power through. I would it. enjoy it. I would really enjoy it. It's funny too, because you know, one of my old bosses, he retired last year, December, but like from the old school, like an old banker. And he'd tell us stories about drinking whiskey with clients in his office and smoking with them and just chilling. And I was like, man, there's so many rules now. You can't smoke inside. You definitely can't drink with people. But like, it's just the golden wild, wild west of, of banking where you could just be like, well, it's afternoon. So I guess we're drinking whiskey with all the clients today and uh, not anymore. But. I know, right? We need that to come back. We really need that to come back. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. That's the one part of the 60s that I would prefer to have back. Be able to drink in your office. Yeah, man. Now it's like... Day drinking, too, you know? That's the big thing. It's like 10.30 a.m.? <laughs> Why not? Let's have one. Five o'clock somewhere. Throw some orange juice in it, and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm Gosh. with you. Anyways... That's, that's so you found a, a good old, old-fashioned alternative. Well, you bring that up when you come to visit, and we can do some comparisons, Dick, actually. How many bottles t- of liquor do you want me to bring? 
It makes the challenge tougher. It'd be like, well, we got three days. Let's get through it. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's have our own Mad Men party. We'll start drinking at 10 a.m. Dude, I'm down. I'm down. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. Right. I love it. Cool. Yeah. No, it's uh, but it's good. It's good. So, anyways, let's shift gears here. I want to talk investments, see. Okay. So. What do you want to know? Like, here's what I was thinking. For those that are listening and maybe you have a, a nice job that, you know, pays, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 grand a year. Maybe you're making 150 grand a year. Who knows? Maybe you're making... Maybe 500. Yeah, exactly. 500 grand a year. Maybe you're making a million dollars a week, like Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. Anyways, the fact is, do you have investments and if the answer is no, this is one thing that I want to bring up with you, T, is why the middle class slash lower class, I guess, why they stay in this demographic of people who don't have investment portfolios. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that's tough because it's, I think, you know, this is my, my dis, not disclaimer, but my every advice. Everybody should be putting you should strive to put 10% of your gross wage away for retirement. There's some special exceptions. If you work for a, a city or a government and you get a, a fully paid pension, well, then that's being accounted for. But everybody else, try to put 10% of your gross income aside. And if you're not doing that, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's probably a, a confluence of things in that some people are just, um, you know, money's tight and they can't afford to put that 10% away. And then I would say on the other end, some people just think, wow, I got some extra money. I should buy a boat or I should go out for dinner right. more. Or I should get a bigger truck if you're an Albertan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what about millennials who are dead set on, oh, I've got an extra 10 grand. I should go on a vacation somewhere for three or, months and go and explore Europe or Southeast Asia because that's what millennials amen. do, man. YOLO. You, gotta, you only live once. You got to YOLO. True. It's okay? very true. <laughs> um yeah you know uh, honestly yeah it's, i i feel bad shitting on millennials just because i am one but yeah i agree it's like okay the way i treat money is you you put your you take your allowances for retirement you put your 10 percent away you give some money away to charity i think that should be 10 percent too but now that's 20 percent of your income so you do with that what you want um and then you you live off the rest. You know what I mean? It's like then you make it work with that eighty. Yeah. Um, that's the way I think you should do it, and you adjust your lifestyle to fit within that. Um, and and that's my advice to everybody. Because if you do that, well, then you'll never you'll never have money problems. You know, you'll always have some cash in the bank, another couple grand in in savings for uh, emergencies or whatever. But I think the um, the tough thing is, yeah, you know. You, you feel like you're young and you've got uh, all this time. And I, I'll be honest, Maddie, I've thought to myself, too, I don't want to retire. And he, like, I, I like working. I have no intention of being like, okay, I'm going to work till at this age and then I'm going to stop working. It's kind of like, no, I'll keep finding something interesting to do. So do I need to worry about retirement as much? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe health will force me to not work at all. But it's kind of like, 
Like, I see no need for me to stop working. I'd like to work just because I want to, because I feel like it, not because I need to eat. <laughs> you know, that's the flexibility. That's the freedom you want. You know, it's part time or maybe you get to do it in more of a capacity of like a consultant where you're not like stuck doing the stuff you don't like as much or whatever. Those are my career goals right there. I'm with you. But it's like I have no intention of ever being like, well, this is it. I'm just going to golf and travel and stuff. It's like, well, I'll always try to do that on the side. But it's like that's not an entire lifestyle. So my age of retirement isn't going to be 65 if I can have my way. It'll be like work until, you know, health or age limits me from working, you know. Within yep. reason. Okay. Now here's how I'm going to follow this up. Because I think for people who are going, hmm, okay, Matt and Tarek, you've told us how we should put away 10%. What should I do with that 10%? Now here's my question Good for question. you, T. Okay. Okay. I'm going to lay out three options for you. I want you to explain to people the benefits and how they should be utilizing these three different um, financial tools, we'll say, that can be provided at your local bank, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Not that you have to go out and find some third-party, um, you know, investment-focused corporation or company to do these things. You can literally go into your bank and set up an appointment to get set up with any three of these. Number one, GICs. Okay. Number two, RRSPs. And number three, temporary-slash-long-term investment portfolios. Go. Okay. We'll start with GICs. Now, GIC stands for Guaranteed Investment Certificate. So what this is, is I go to the bank. I say, hey, I've got 10 grand. They say, okay, if you say you'll invest it with us for 12 months, we'll guarantee you get 1% or 2% or whatever, right? And so the nice thing about that is there's absolute, there's very minimal risk. Canadian banks are very secure. We'll say for the sake of this conversation, there's no risk. You know exactly what you're going to get at the end of your term. Those are great products for money that, you know what, you don't want to, you know you won't need it within that time frame, like a year or whatever you choose, but you're not willing to put it at risk in the market because you don't want the value to be down when you get done, right? And so the, the, the issue with GICs is you lock it in though. So you cannot access those funds for the term. If you put it in for two years, you can't do anything with that money for two years. So you have to make sure you, you're making the right decision. Um, but definitely a good product. The tough thing is rates on GICs and long-term or high-interest savings accounts are a little bit lower, right? Like, So if we assume inflation is around 2%, it's tough to earn, like annually, it's tough to earn 2% annually on a GIC. You can, I shouldn't say that, I'm not sure what GIC rates are right now, but you might be able to, I guess. You might be able to keep up with inflation. Um, what was the next one? Uh, RRSPs? RRSPs, yeah. So that's a particular. That's a specifically Canadian product. That's registered retirement savings plan, uh, similar to the four hundred one k for our American listeners. I'm not sure what they call it overseas. Um, so this is a what they call tax deferred investment account. So an RRSP is not a type of investment, or you don't you don't invest into an RRSP. An RRSP is like a bucket that holds your investments. So the way it works is it's really simple. When you put money into an RRSP. If I put 10 grand to an RSP, the government says, oh, we'll say that we'll take that 10 grand off your income. So it looks like you made 10 grand less in terms of your income tax. So you get a tax break for it. But when you eventually take that money out for retirement, you pay taxes at that time. So that's why they call it tax deferral because you eventually pay taxes on the money. It's just generally while you're working, your tax rates are higher because you're making more money. And then in retirement, the idea is that your tax rates are lower because you're not making as much because you're not working. So you 
invest at a time of high taxes, pull out the money for income at a time of low taxes. Now, with an RRSP, um, some millennials are probably thinking, hey, I don't need one of those. I don't need to retire anytime soon. I would disagree completely for a couple of reasons. For one, um, there's actually a program called the Home Buyer's Plan where you can, if you haven't owned a home previously, take money out of your RRSP to, towards your first home purchase, right? So that's what Brittany and I did when we bought our home in that my financial institution that I work for, they provided a matching RRSP program. If I don't, if I contribute 5% of my income to the RRSP, the bank will also contribute 5%. They match whatever I put in up to 5%. And so when it came time to buy our home, I was already contributing that. I could say, awesome, put that towards my home. You eventually have to put the money back into your RRSP, but at over a 15-year period, and it's it's not that hard because you are going to continue to contribute to your RRSP because you're going to continue saving for retirement. Um, so I would say open an RRSP immediately if you get a chance. The tax deferral is nice. So if you're earning income, you're generally going to have to pay taxes depending on you know your your school benefits and, and stuff like that. And Maddie, you can speak to that more in terms of whether or not you can carry it over even if you have tuition credits and stuff like that. Um, but generally, if you're not saving for a house, you want to invest long-term. So get into the stock market. You know, and that takes us to the next topic. What was it, short and long-term investments? Yeah, I mean, there's, they do, I don't know that they really differ all that much. Short-term is really that you just pull it out at a lot sooner of a, I, I guess I was more thinking, I guess not really quite like to the extent of day trading, but yeah, to the point where it's like, you don't, you know, you have maybe a, a you know, trigger happy invest, like, what do you want to call it? Broker who is like, Ooh, this one's not doing well. So he pulls it out after a couple of months and puts it somewhere else. Yeah. You know? So anyways, yeah. I was more thinking, you know, people who sometimes want to invest some money and then they take it out and then they put more back in, or there's those people who just have those same investments that they slowly build upon year after year for the next 30 years. Yeah. And I think here's here's the thing. Here's the facts. No questions. No no opinion. Over the long term, the stock market is 100% your best bet for your money. Okay, a lot of people will be upset with that or say, "Oh, stock market's gambling." And it's like for the long term, it's not. Don't get me wrong. If you're investing in real estate or something like that, maybe you could do better. But you're investing regardless. But we've got hundreds of years of well maybe you know maybe not hundreds but over a hundred years of data for the stock market if you're investing for 30 years you definitely need to be investing in the stock market now the returns are going to be up they're going to be down it's going to be a little bit unpredictable but that's why you get a what we call well diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds that carries you through the ups and downs so what I mean by that is, so over a one-year period, your returns, you may lose money in the stock market. But over a five-year period, you may be up 14 15% in the stock market, right? And so the returns vary. But over time, we see an average, I could look it up, but I think the American stock market, so that's the New York Stock Exchange, if we look at the top 500 stocks on that, um, you know, probably 7 or 8% a year. And so it's like, Okay, you can't you can't earn that by not taking any risk, and that's and that's a good return on your money for the long term. Now, if you're thinking, how do I get involved? How do I do that? Listen, if you're not sure, if you don't know, don't take a risk and just buy one or two stocks or something crazy like that. 
go to one of these Wealth Simple or um, I don't know, Wealth Simple is the only one I can think of right now. One of these discount robo advisors, and you know, I maybe shouldn't recommend them, but I do. <laughs> and then put in your little profile, and it'll set you up with a very good portfolio that's well diversified. It's relatively cheap. You're not paying a ton of fees to an investment manager, a broker, or anyone. Put your money in there every couple months or every month, and you will get. You know, don't expect it to be up all the time. It'll go down sometimes, but that's okay because you're investing for the long term, and long term, it's the best bet. Boom. That's, what that's it. Here. Okay. Now that's the, the reason, truth. Some people might be like, Matt, why would you put us through that ear beating of boring? I'm sorry if I was talk, boring. I tried to go through it quick. Listen, I'm not saying it was boring because I find this stuff fascinating. But I'm saying to the common listener, if you're wondering why I want you guys to be educated on this, it's this right here. I want my friends to get rich. I want to get rich. And more than anything, I want to be able to go for dinner and not have to pick up the tab. I want you to pick it up because you're richer than me. Can't stress <laughs> that enough, all right? I didn't see where that was going. I like that. That was good. The I fact is, you know, I heard a comedian once say, he says, you know, when I've made it financially is when, or he says he, he found financial comfort at the point in life where he could go out for dinner and not have to look at the prices on a menu. Yeah. And I was like, man. No, that's, that's fair. That's a that's a neat philosophy and something I've never thought about. But now, every time I go to a restaurant, how often do I look at the at the price of what I'm about to order or whatever? Because I'm one intrigued, but also, I won't lie, I'm partially kind of cheap, you know? But at the same time, I won't allow a price to get in the way of me having a good time. But the fact oh, is, the fact is, I think that's a good good way of looking at life. Sometimes, you know, if you're going out for dinner and you're like making that decision as to where you're going based on the price, it means you're probably not making enough. And we <laughs> are trying to help you make enough. You know, I agree. And so, and here's the thing: I think people get turned off too because they think of it in this sort of weird all or nothing dichotomy, like. Well, I don't have enough money to put away, so I shouldn't put any away. Or, you know, I don't want to sacrifice my lifestyle now. I got to do the fun stuff while I'm young. I don't know. Tomorrow's not given. So it's like, listen, we're not saying live in a box and put your money in a bank. We're saying put a couple percent of your income away for the future. That's it. It's nobody's talking about taking you know like sacrificing your entire life right now for the future we're taking saying take reasonable steps because it just makes sense Mm -hmm. that's exactly it that's exactly it i just want people to be smart financially i can't stand when people are not necessarily always crying broke but when they just they feel like they just can't get ahead financially in life and it's like well you know there's really easy simple ways to change that both in the present and in the future and i mean i Derek, i feel like you just explained three really good ones that people can kind of get involved with depending on the level of you know financial flexibility you guys have right now you know you can yep. start with something really simple like rsp contributions you might you won't see the benefit of them right away i mean you will on your tax return but you won't see the benefit of them in terms of like having that cash in pocket until you retire. But that's okay. You don't need it in your hands right now. If it's sitting in your bank account, just accruing the like piddly amount of interest that a bank offers you through your savings account, 
you might as well go put it in an RSP portfolio. Yeah. You're not going to use it anyways. Just get it out of, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, because the chances are if you let it sit in some savings account that you're, that you're not using right this second, chances are you're going to find something stupid to spend it on. Yeah, you might. Isn't that what you did the other day? No, I'm just playing. Oh, with the AirPods? No oh, yeah, that's what you almost did with the AirPods, yeah. Dude, I definitely... you put it in the account. No, I, I definitely bought them. I mean, they're oh, right in front of me. Oh, that's right, that's right. The Apple Watch, though, I never bought. That's what we were talking that's about, we were the talking, Apple we Watch. We were talking about smart watches. But that's the thing, man, is it's just like, it's super easy. It's, you know, it's just, yeah, if that money is just sitting idle, you'll find a way to spend it because eventually it'll start to burn a hole in your pocket and you'll just be itching to get it out somehow. And so I would just encourage you guys, like, go and invest it in some some degree and and maybe it is you know real estate or a business venture or whatever it might be those things are you know there's a little bit more risk that comes with those those types of things and we can maybe get into those another time and and maybe we can talk about some some more practical ways of of investing where you can see that money grow almost not day to day but you know differently i guess but yeah no be encouraged. Go and put that money away some other way. Set up an appointment with your bank. Do what you got to do. And uh, quit making excuses as to why you're so poor. You just get it done. Put some money away. Be a little bit smart. And stop looking at your friends and think, I need to be able to do those things and then just doing those things. It's not always the case. No, definitely not. That's the other big thing, too. Can't yeah. compare. Can't try and keep up with the Joneses. You'll never win. There will always be a bigger yeah. Jones. Can't Absolutely. You know what? You know what? You just tell yourself like the Joneses are doing this all in credit card debt at twenty percent interest. Oof. Tell yourself that. Tell them they're dumb. Tell yourself they're dumb, and that is dumb if that's what they're doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. this has been a slice. I hope you guys feel a little more educated. And uh, yeah, I feel like T. I feel like this is maybe some of the stuff we need to be bringing to the people. Is you know what? You're right. This is, this is our stuff. I mean, I hope we didn't yeah. bore you guys, but this is literally what we do every day. Yeah. So. And this is the stuff we like to nerd out a little bit about, you know? And guess what? It's true, we do. I don't have a lot of people who can talk about this stuff with me. That's why I enjoy yeah, discussing it with Tarek. So we hope that you guys can glean a little bit from it. And if you have any questions, concerns, curiosities, how do I get started? Send us an email. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. Heck, if you know us personally, send me a text. Send Tarek a text. Send him like 12 texts in the middle of the night just to annoy him. Do what you got to. My phone's off. But, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Do, do it. We'd love to, to hear from Get you guys. We'll, we'll put you on the show. We'll yeah. talk some more uh, Talk some more money. If you got tax questions, talk to Maddie. If you got accounting questions, absolutely. Yeah. How do you How do you screw Justin Trudeau out of more money? That's you know, exactly you... it. Let me be your guy for that. And if you got finance <laughs> questions, set up an appointment with Tarek. He'll run you a good 120 an hour. Okay? There you and go. And he's kind enough to provide the paper for free for the invoice that he's going to send in the mail. Yeah. All right? Yeah, depending. Yeah. <laughs> depending on where you are. You're going to have to pay postage, but he'll provide the paper. Anyways, finish life, folks. I'm going to the game. Now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, finna dough on the hootie. Yeah, we're going to make stand, go your cutie.